This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The pandemic is shining a light on the way we treat our elders and the longstanding problems in our nursing homes. Nearly half of the deaths have occurred in long-term care homes, sometimes amid terrible, unsafe conditions. Here's how Premier Ford described it. We're in the fight of our lives right now, and our enemy is ruthless. It preys on our seniors and the most vulnerable. And the reality is, despite our best efforts, we're dealing with a wildfire at our long-term care homes right now. Well, last night, Queen's Park passed an order forbidding nursing home staff to work in more than one facility. And the government also says they will be transferring health care workers from hospitals where there is some excess capacity to the care homes where they are needed most. Now, if you or a loved one is in a nursing home or if you work in one, we want to hear from you, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1, <clears throat> excuse me, 866-744-740. And joining us now with their take on the new measures, Miranda Ferrier, president and founder of the Ontario Personal Support Worker Association, and Dr. Doris Greenspoon, chief executive officer of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. Hello and welcome and thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Libby and Miranda. Okay. Um, So first of all, my first question is that we see that the hospitals are doing pretty well. And before the worst of this pandemic hit, we were aware of planning and changes that took place in the hospital to account for it. Now, do either of you know, was there any similar exercise or planning in the long-term care homes? So I can go uh, and tell you about my first email to government and the first meetings that uh, we had uh, with government way before uh, any planning started. And it was about all sector planning and all government planning. And the issue with uh, the system right now is that the greatest focus, if not the only focus, Libby, has been in hospitals. And uh, whether it's long-term care in particular, or if you look at shelters, or if you look at home care, they are the poor cousins always, always, and that's why we are in the absolute tragedy that we are now. And in home, in nursing homes, we knew that this would be the case because yeah. uh, the residents in nursing homes, even if they could access a ventilator, the chances of survival are very low. So RNO for many, many weeks, over a month, has been asking universal masking for nursing homes. Give them the PPE. That has not happened except after an outbreak. Similarly, with the measure the Premier now uh, took, which we welcome. So we are glad the Premier is taking charge of that, but there is an Ontario Medical Officer of Health. And these things should have happened a long time ago, Livy. I will let Miranda comment too, but... 
it, 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 got, it, it got to stop the way we treat long-term care facilities, nursing homes and retirement homes included. Okay, Miranda, your take? So uh, I completely agree with Doris. Um, long-term care homes, we as well with the RNAO, the Ontario PSW Association has just been hammering uh, the ministries uh, for more PPE. Uh, we as well were involved in conversations uh, leading up to this. We knew that long-term care homes may be a major issue, um, and unfortunately, that is the case. Uh, we're happy to see uh, that, like Doris said, that the Premier has stepped up, and now we're starting to see an influx of PPEs into our long-term care homes, but uh, more is still needed to stop this spread. And, and to concur with Miranda and Bill, Donit Levy, we have been asking for massive, massive scale-up of testing in nursing homes. In fact, mm-hmm. if we really wanted to do well, we need to test every single resident and every single staff that works in a nursing home because it's not only for clinical treatment that we need. We need it also for surveillance to get a handle of what's going on and how to prevent outbreaks. You know, I keep saying it's like uh, the Premier says we're in a wildfire. Yes, but we need to get into the fire in the homes where there is no outbreaks ahead of it, not after it. Uh, You know, it's really interesting uh, in terms of the testing. We've had the Premier calling for testing, and he said he's been assured that the testing is happening, and we hear that on the one hand from the briefings from the higher-ups. And then, you know, a few minutes later, Later, I get calls from people and they say, my wife works in long-term care. There's one staff member there who's tested positive, but guess what? She cannot get a test. What is, that is the case? And what is, is the, the problem case, here? There, there are things happening, like, for example, uh, the, the, the hospitals now say they will send their staff to nursing homes to support nursing homes. Let me tell two things about that that was mentioned just before we came into into your uh, program. Uh, first of all, nursing home staff have expertise. Hospitals have, have a different type of expertise. Second, mm-hmm. my colleagues in hospitals are going to work having tested positive, and they still are required to continue to work in many of these hospitals. So let's first get a handle on hospitals not to have staff that have tested positive to continue to work, and then let's have them help. We have 9,000 RNs and 5,000 students that can work as PSWs ready to go to nursing homes. Miranda knows we work collaboratively. We don't need hospitals to save nursing homes. We need to beef up nursing homes during COVID and after COVID. Um, Can you name places where people are going to work after testing positive? Uh, absolutely. I was, I was just in a radio interview about one of the hospitals in Brampton. Colleagues are complaining about which, that. I which get one? letters every single day about that. Wh- which one? Brampton? There are several hospitals. I, I can speak with you after off, offline. There are several hospitals, and it has been in the media, that they continue to ask, and in nursing homes too, because in nursing homes it's out of the, and actually the protocol actually allowed it for, it's called monitoring at work, right? There is plenty of people that can fill in the gaps in resources. We do not need to have people that have tested positive to continue to go to work. They need to self-isolate at home for 14 days and then have two negative tests back to back. Miranda, your your people, are they going to work after testing positive? 
Uh, we have yet to hear um, anything like that so far, but we are very much against uh, that policy, and we stand quite firmly with the RNAO in that matter. And um, Miranda, I'm also curious. So now uh, personal support workers can only work in one home, but uh, would any of those people also be working in the community in home care or in other settings? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as, as now the public now knows, and Libby, you've known for a long time, uh, PSWs, uh, the full-time work amongst personal support workers uh, isn't there uh, or offered, shall I say. So many PSWs work two jobs, three jobs just to make one paycheck. So what we're hearing now from our PSWs is a bit of panic surrounding making that full paycheck in order for them to continue to survive because, as we know, they are now the breadwinners in many of the homes across the province because they're an essential service. Um, however, um, Prime Minister Trudeau did just make an announcement um, stating that there would be money for to increase uh, the wages in long-term care. So we're hoping to hear more of that from Premier Ford later today. Well, my understanding is that once they pass that emergency order, it comes with more money. Doris? Yeah, but that is correct. What is important, though, to build on Miranda's point is that when, first of all, the order is for the employee as well as for the employer. So the PSW or the nurse will not be able to work in two or three employment uh, workplaces to make, you know, to make a living. So employers need to make sure, and that's why we are saying one employer full time, that they up the game to offer these people full time employment. And if not, the government will need to step up to bring the compensation to their full time. Otherwise, otherwise, I have nurses. This is not only PSWs. I have nurses that have written to me that their employer, even before this order, in hospitals are saying you can only work in one place. Okay, but they don't offer them full time. They offer them part time. Well, yeah. what's that person supposed to do? They cannot even access um, unemployment benefits because they're working part time. So when we put these orders, they need to be accompanied with a way that people can sustain themselves. Um, Of course. I mean, my understanding is that they would be. And again, Miranda, will this order prevent personal support workers from working in the community as well as in a long-term care home? Um, We're thinking that that is the case, yes. Yes, oh. it is the case. Uh, yes, so is. here, here's a, another thing that, that had me uh, scratching my head. The other day I had on representatives from both for-profit and not-for-profit long-term care homes. And regarding this measure, they both said, yes, that sounds great. That sounds like a, a big improvement. But they, uh, the caveat was, and for both of them, yes, for the duration of the emergency, but that will never fly afterwards. And, and Well, it should fly afterwards. You know, I just Amen. my update from today. I sent every day an update, Livy, and your listeners are welcome to join because it's public. It's a, it's a blog at Arenio uh, for home care for long-term care, for hospital care, for shelter care, whatever care we are talking about, people should be working now and after full-time and not in two, three, four places because that yeah. never has delivered good care. The, that's done not because people choose Libby. That's done because they cannot find full-time employment, whether it's a PSW or whether it's a, a RN or whether it's a nurse practitioner. They want to work full-time. They don't yeah. want to work part-time, and if they want to work part-time, they don't work in two, three places. They work in one because that's what they want, part-time. 
That's well, not the case here. I mean, it, it, I know, and it's, it's baffling because it's not like there is a lack of work. It comes down to uh, a, a cost factor. People who are full-time get benefits. Well, but the yeah. issue is this, right? You get more out of a person that yeah. is full-time because the commitment is full-time to that workplace. And also you get more work satisfaction. They prefer it. So you retain them better. You have less sick time. So it all comes in the wash. It doesn't cost more, and it provides meaningful work, and it provides meaningful care for people with continuity of care and caregiver. That's for home care, long-term care, hospital care, every care in, in, in anywhere. This is a North American phenomenon. Actually, this is a Canadian phenomenon. In the U.S., people work more full-time than here. In Europe, they don't even understand what is this issue of casual employment. They, they look at me like puzzles. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, let's let's take a call from Marissa in Etobicoke. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, good. Um, I just want to say thank you to all the uh, the support people out there in the long term facilities. I have a mother who's in a long term. She's been there for seven years, and luckily, my brother and I we are retired, so we're able to go see her every day, and we feed her her breakfast and lunch and make her comfortable and have conversation with her. Now, my mother is physically and visually impaired, and she's going to be 96, and she's pretty lucid. She's pretty good. But I just want to say to the support workers, they work above and beyond their call of duty. It is a calling. Unfortunately, there's not enough of them. The vacancy rate is just skyrocket. Now, with my mother's uh, nursing home, she had a PSW worker. Um, first of all, we haven't been able to see our mom since March the 4th. Wow. We were all shut out. So I was able to see her two weeks ago through a double door glass door, and I'll be doing that again tomorrow. That's heartbreaking. So, so that she could recognize our voices since she can't see us. But I just want to say to those who have a loved one out there, don't forget your mom and dad, be it a sister or brother. Don't forget them. Get involved. I'm not judging you. I don't know what shoes you walk in, but get out there. Get involved. Just don't drop in at Christmas and Easter and birthdays. Get involved. Roll up your sleeves. And you know what? Last year in May, um, the nursing home where my mom was, they were uh, deducted $420,000 in their budget in the middle of the year. And what happened is that they got so much news coverage that they held back on the 420000 And a few months later, I checked back to see if that 420000 was given back to the nursing home, and it wasn't. So money needs to be poured into the system. There's not enough money. These nursing homes, the old nursing home, the tragedy that happened in Bob Cajun, four to a room, two to a room, a curtain separating them. No wonder we have such a high rate of deaths. Um, Marissa, let me let me ask you something, and I, I'd like some input from uh, Miranda and Doris because I've heard it suggested by family members saying that if you can trust, uh, you know, if you can trust a worker to come in, uh, it, would it be possible to designate a family worker who helps with caring and and feeding? Is is that something you'd be wanting to do, Marissa? Would I be wanting to do it? Yeah. But I'm looking after my mom. My brother and I are looking after my mom every day. Yeah. I so mean, I go in, I help, I bathe her, we feed her. We actually relieve the PSW workers so that they can do more. There's, Like I say, there's not enough hands. 
Well, they can. Exactly. But you haven't been able to be in. uh, Marissa, thank you very much for sharing your story. Really appreciate it. Um, Doris, is that a good idea or Miranda to designate family members if they're tested? Family members need to be there to enjoy their family, their their mother, father, friend, uh, spouse. Uh, they need to be there to enjoy their time in whichever way is for the resident and for the family to enjoy. For one is feeding, for the other is reading a book. I don't think we should rely on family members to take care of the residents as we don't in the hospital either. I think the time to have under-attended and under-funded and even even negatively funded, and I will give you an example in a minute, nursing homes is over. If anything, this tragedy of COVID-19 showed the the horrible gaps that we have and the lack of the abandonment, quite frankly, from a funding and attention perspective. Let me tell you in good times, not COVID, and Miranda knows this, we work with with evidence-based guidelines across the world, our NEO produces them for, for Ontario and for the world. In nursing homes, those nursing homes that implement the guidelines, which is about 70 nursing homes that directly work with us in addition to all the others, they start to do better. There are less falls, there are less pressure injuries, et cetera, et cetera. When they do well, believe it or not, Livy, next year they pull funding away because they are doing better, so the clients are, the residents are less complex. So it's called the CMI case mix index. They reduce the funding. That is absurd. It's like having Air Canada take one of the pilots because never was a tragedy. Instead of uh, applauding and instead of incentivizing homes to do better and keep the funding when they do better to reinvest in more stuff, in more programs, we actually have a negative incentive. The whole thing needs to change, Libby. Wow. Miranda, do you have uh, something to add to that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, what Doris is saying is true, even when it applies to, you know, one-on-one care or a resident really taking to a personal support worker and developing a relationship. We find when that happens, um, you know, professional relationship, but I find when that happens, suddenly the PSW has moved off that floor and moved to another floor to work with new residents. It seems to be that when we're successful with something, we're getting punished for it uh, the following year, which in, in essence, then our residents are punished, which is it's completely unfair. So yes, I do, I do agree with Doris on this one. Okay, let's take a call from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, like uh, your earlier caller, I applaud all of those Uh, brave, courageous workers, especially those in the long-term care homes who do such a great job. My my question, and I would be interested in hearing from the panel, is related to this change uh, that each employee now can only work one nursing home. And I agree, more funding needs to go into the nursing home uh, field. I wonder, though, in the transition, if if this ruling or edict is creating an un, an unintended consequence, and that is with an individual who might have worked in multiple homes now being restricted to one, are there going to be gaps created as a result of that when they're not able to go to those other homes? And I'll leave it to hear from your panel on that okay. subject. Okay. Thanks, Dennis. 
Oh, um, it's a fantastic question, uh, Dennis, that you're, uh, men- that you're uh, mentioning. So the first step that needs to be taken, and there is a week, there will be a week until this is implemented, is my understanding, on the 22nd. So the first thing that needs to happen is that those people that will be saying nursing home A is the home where I will do my, my work, that they are really up to full time. So that you start to decrease in each home, start to increase those that are staying to full time rather than having them, you know, two days a week or three days a week. So that already will serve. And then in addition, as I said before, we have uh, 5,000 nursing students that once they have completed year one of the four-year education, you have students in year three and four, all, you know, close to being an RN. They're ready and they're legally entitled to work as PSWs, and they're eager to do that. And we have already actually filled on the outbreaks. About 100 nursing homes have access via Nurse for Students. So I don't think there will be a gap. What you will see actually is more continuity of care, more continuity of caregiver, which leads to the good relationships that Miranda is speaking, and less spread of the virus, more protection of the residents and also of the staff and colleagues. Uh, I have a question that's a, a slightly slightly off to the left here. Uh, you mentioned the students. Now, we know that the call's been put out for retired nurses and other healthcare workers to come back. W- do they have to be recertified? Or, or? No, we have a... So a retired doesn't mean not uh, entitled to work. There is a category of not entitled to clinically work, so we have about 9,000 RNs, 9,000 RNs, uh, totally uh, regulated, uh, registered with the College of Nurses, ready to work, and they have the competencies and everything ready to go. We also have close to 1,000 critical care nurses living ready to go, and we have about 260 nurse practitioners. Those are the ones that can prescribe and diagnose, so nursing homes may also benefit from them. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Mark in Mississauga. Hello, Mark. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call, Libby. You're welcome. Uh, I just wanted to call in to say that today was, uh, this morning, I was able to visit my mother at Silverthorne Care Community, and those folks have just been doing such a wonderful job. Did you get in? I did not get in. It wasn't my intention, but I expressed that it had been over a month since I'd seen my mother, and strangely enough, the last I saw her, I had to take her to Credit Valley Hospital for a CT scan. Then the following day, I took her to a doctor's appointment. And then, as we know, by the 4th, 5th of March, everything changed. And um, strangely, she had been showing improvement over what she'd been experiencing with a difficult time after almost three years in a wheelchair and her neck and, and all that. And I'll tell you, this morning she looked great. She She's very lethargic at this point. She's 92. She's suffered Alzheimer's dementia now for over eight years. And I've been doing my best to just maintain and be there for her. And, you know, I, I have to thank the, the folks at Silverthorne. They, they've just been tremendous. And that's really why I called was just to say, so I'm indebted to all of them. If I may, Livy, yes. uh, to our gentleman that just spoke, first of all, my heart goes out to you and good genes if your mother is that age and only eight years Alzheimer's. Uh, take care of the mother and you have good genes. 
I also want to tell you that actually Silverthorne has uh, a fantastic nurse practitioner who I happen to know. Her name is Claudia Barley, and this is the type of people that we have available. Now, she works there full-time, I think, uh, but they have a fantastic nurse practitioner. That's another thing we are asking Libby for a long time, that every single nursing home needs to have a nurse practitioner attached because they work full-time there, so many of them are attending nurse practitioners that they function like the attending physicians, and they really are huge value added to improve the care of older persons uh, in, in nursing homes. Mark, yeah. how did yeah. you see your mother? Was it through a window or what? How Just did... at the front entry through the window, uh, one of the uh, PSWs brought her down, and I was able to speak uh, on the phone, cell phone. She called me, uh, and I was, you know, she held the phone for my mom, and I was able to speak with her. So... Again, getting her to open her eyes and look up is not easy, but I'm sure she heard and knew who it was. Um, this has been the biggest thing for me because the first four years, she was in a retirement residence in Clarkson, and it was a, it was an awful situation. And I haven't had a single complaint in four and a half years that she's now been at Silverthorne. And this situation, you know, has changed a lot of things, and, and I just wanted to put that out there that I'm so happy. Uh, I hope it's the same for others, but, you know, hearing the news every day, it's just terrible for all of us, you know? Yeah, Yeah, Mark, you know, um, even in your case where your mom is in a good situation and you have uh, some peace because of that, it's just, uh, you know, we can hear how difficult it is for you and and the whole situation is is terrible. And uh, thanks very much for sharing your it's story. It's been a long with and us. winding road. Thanks for taking my call, Libby. Best to everyone. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're just about out of time on this. Miranda, what would you like to leave us with? Um, going back to what Mark just said, you know, personal support workers, we hear from our members um, every day. Uh, that work in long-term care, and they truly are, their hearts are with their residents. They are doing their best with what they are given. And um, I just want to tell the public, thank you for all of your ongoing support of the personal support workers and the nurses. Uh, They need as much support as they can get right now. So okay. thank you. Okay, and Miranda, um, for the next time, we're going to have to talk about the situation in home care, but that's for another absolutely. day. Now, Doris, absolutely. Doris, what would you like to leave us with? An absolute pleasure uh, to hear you again, Libby, and thank to you. be with Miranda in this uh, call, and uh, to the callers for the fantastic uh, questions, the comments, uh, the be there for your loved one. Uh, my gosh, uh, I... I keep saying I go to sleep thinking about this and wake up and dream about this. And I hope that many, many, many of the remaining homes will not see any outbreaks and that yeah. we will we'll continue to step up to the plate from a policy perspective to really le- le- give our uh, residents in nursing homes and their families the peace of mind and the safety that they need. Okay. Thank you both, Doris Thank Greenspan you, and Thank Miranda you. Ferrier. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.